Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Shalom. We're now on Masachat Shabbat of Hey Amuda Aleph, continuing with our exploration of the issue of Yad uh, vis-à-vis uh, Hanacha and Akira. Amar Rabbi Avin, Amar Rabbi Lai, Amar Rabbi Yochanan. So we go back to Rabbi Yochanan. And there's a quote that we saw. Amar bin Komov Kibel Chayav, Akarim Komov Kibel Patur. Uh, if, uh, someone, if one person threw it, Ruven threw it to Shimon, and Shimon stood still and got the item, then a Ruven is Chayav. But if Shimon had to move to get it, then, uh, then, uh, Ruven is Patur. Tanoyach, we have a brightest, this is the part that we saw earlier. Now, Ba'i Rabbi Yochan, Rabbi Yochan asked the following question following his ruling. Zarak Chayfetz, Venakar Humim Komo, Let's say you threw something in the air and you ran a little bit and caught it. Mahu. Now, Michael Mbaile, what was Rabbi Yochanan asking? He was asking the following. He was asking, what's the nature of a single person doing two pieces of the puzzle? Because after all, he did move uh, to get the thing. Now, by the way, if he would stand still, and throw it in the air, and it would come back to him like a boomerang, or he threw it straight up in the air. He'd obviously be patur because it didn't move anywhere. It had to have gone daladamot b'shut or traversed a domain line for this to be a question at all. So now shnei kochot Do we say that you are now like one person, meaning you're throwing and then running and receiving? It's all considered one person, and therefore it's if, if one person did it, and therefore when you ran and positioned yourself in the place to receive it, you're now like um, like an extension of that other guy who's standing still. Or perhaps it's now like two different people, and you had to run to go receive it. Upatur, teku. The answer to this is we don't have a solution. Second point of Rabbi Yochanan. So Rabbi Yochanan ruled as follows. If you stick your hand out into your neighbor's chatser and you somehow got rainwater and you brought it out, we assume there's a shear, whatever it is, ravit, you are chayav. So Matkif Rabbi Zehra challenges this. After all, this is still a joint effort. Because if somebody else puts something on your back and then you walk out, you're patur because it's a joined effort. It wasn't done by one person, as we saw earlier. So what's the difference if that is a friend or it's the rain putting it into your hand? He didn't do the akira. The akira is done by others, in this case by nature, by heaven. So, don't read that in Rabbi Yochanan's uh, ruling he said, Kibel make shamim, that you received it as if you had your hand out and it was raining, but rather you scooped it up. Which means that it was coming down and you kind of grabbed at it. So you did the akira. But remember, we have to do akira from a place that's four. So when you yourself pick it up with your hand, we said your hand is considered like four, but here you're scooping it out of the air. Oh, it's talking about a case where uh, the rain was falling onto a wall and you scooped it from the top of the wall. That's for Amot. But it doesn't come to rest on a wall. Rain hits a wall, it drips down. So the answer is, In another place, Rava suggested a solution to a problem, we'll say that in a minute, that the wall was a slanted wall. On a slanted wall, 
things do come to rest. If you have a flat wall, something hits it, it goes straight down. But a slanted wall, things that aren't, uh, and that's going to be the problem, things that are viscous are going to, uh, to come to rest. And I'm going to go to Meshupat. Where did Rava say this, uh, give this solution? Aha, on the following uh, Mishnah in the 11th parak. None. Let's say you were standing on a portico, and uh, you were reading a scroll, and the scroll rolled out of your hands. Meaning you're holding one part, and it rolled down. Go low at slope. You can roll it up to you. But let's say you were up on the roof. Galgal sef miyato, and then it rolled off. So now you're in Rishut Yachid, and it's now rolled into Rishut Rabim. If it never got below ten tefachim off the ground, go low at slow, because it's in a makom p'tur, above ten tefachim. Once it gets to ten tefachim, you just turn it around, out of kavod, and to protect it, so that the elements don't get to the text, and you leave it there, until after Shabbat, meaning you can't carry it. And in discussing that Mishnah, we said, why do you turn it over? It never came to rest, so you should be able to pull it back, even if it got to ten, below 10 Tzfachim. And Rava said, we're talking about a case where it's a slanted wall, and so on a slanted wall, the scroll really does come to rest. So the problem is that, that using Rava's answer there to apply to rainwater is a little difficult. Rava said it about a sefer, which could come to rest. Water doesn't come to rest like that, so that solution doesn't work. Rava himself addressed the problem. That what happened was that the rain fell into a pit, and there was a pit filled with water. A puddle, but it was uh, deep enough that we'd call it a pit. And so you went in and you grabbed it, the, wa- the rainwater from the top of that pit, and then pulled it back to you. And there it's Dalit al Dalit. So now, Guma Pshita, that it's obvious you're Chayav. What's the Chedesh Rabbi Yochanan? I might think that water isn't at rest on top of water. Kamash that it is. And Rava, in using that explanation, is being consistent with his own ruling. Meaning that if water is sitting on water, then the water is considered to be at rest, even though it's moving around. But if you have, let's say, a solid item on the water, like a nut that's floating on the water, then that's not, that nut is not at rest. Because relative to the water, the nut is, flo- is floating around because the water is not letting it sit in one place. So then, boy, Rava, Rava then followed that statement up with the following. It goes Let's say you have a nut sitting in a cup, and the cup is floating on the water. And then you pick the nut up out of the water. Do you say the nut was at rest? But it goes as Linan. Do we look at the nut itself? And it was at rest. Do we look at the kli and the kli? It was floating around. Deny it. And the answer is teku. Rava didn't come to a resolution. Okay. Now, parenthetically, we tie this in now with an issue of uh, two minutes full yom. Shemen If you have oil floating on top of wine, machok Rabbi Yochanan Nuri So they have a, a a dispute whether that's considered to be at rest. Did not in the following Mishnah about full yom. Shemen So let's say you have shemen and yain that are both of truma, and the oil is floating on top of the of the wine. 
And a Tful Yom who will invalidate Truma touched the Shemen on top. Chacham say he only invalidated the Shemen. It's not considered connected to the wine. It's floating atop the wine. They're both connected and everything's Tameh. So there's a machloket about that, which is not on the topic of Shabbat. Although it may have implications. I'm Rabbi Avin, I'm Rabbi Loi, I'm Rabbi Yochanan. Back to this trade in sequence. Let's say you add some food on your back, and you are you carrying it, and you're walking in and out, in and out all day without stopping. You're never chayav until you actually come to rest. You have to come to rest for it to be considered a hanacha because on your back. And Rabbi said, by the way, that only means that you actually stop to rest. Not, let's say, to readjust your pack or to pick things and put them in a different order. Mimai, how do I know? Mida Amar Mar, we have the following. If you pick something up in Rishut Rabim and you walk, let's say, two Amot, and then you stopped to rest, and then you walked another three Amot, you'd be Patur. Why? Because stopping to rest is a separate, makes it a separate act. So you walked to Amot, you stopped to rest, then you walk another three, that's a separate act, you're not chayav for carrying three or for carrying two. But lekatev chayav, but if you stopped after two Amot to readjust your pack, continued, walked another, let's say, three and stopped, then you would be chayav because stopping to readjust is not considered a stop. So therefore, chutzli arba Amot, let's say you went five Amot, and then Amad Lafush, and you stop to rest, at that point, Chayab. Lekatef, you stop to readjust your pack, Patur, of course, until you walk further and, and rest, but that's not considered to be an end of a process. What's misleading about this ruling is that in the first clause, you had to continue carrying afterwards. In the second one, the Chayuv could be immediate. Okay, but the point is, my The point that they're teaching is that when you originally picked it up, you didn't pick it up intending to uh, adjust the pack. You picked it up intending to come somewhere else and stop. That's why you're chayav, which means that now we have a new rule, which is that not only do you need to have a proper akira, a proper traversing, and a proper hanacha, but the original akira had to be with intent of that final hanacha means you had to accomplish your stated goal in caring, or your your internal goal. Now, but this all goes back to Rabbi Yochanan, and Rabbi Yochanan already made that ruling. But notice a different trade in sequence as to who's quoting him. Let's say you're moving items within your house. So you move uh, some books from uh, the living room to the dining room. And then you move uh, some forks from the dining room to the kitchen. And then and then when you picked up some books to move them from the dining room to the living room, living room to the dining room, and then you decided to go outside and you continued with, with them, you didn't stop. You continued with them to walk and took them outside, patur. You're exempt. Why? Your Akira was with intent to bring them to another part of the house. And they changed your mind. So you see that Rabbi Yochanan has already stated the rule that the only way you're Chayav is if your original Akira was with intent to accomplish this final Hanacha. The answer is Amarai Ninu. That we have, again, different students of Rabbi Yochanan they heard the ruling, and uh, and they each one of them presented it with a different formulation. But it's all one ruling of Rabbi Yochanan. 
Okay, Tanu Rabbanan, we have a bright. So let's say you carry from a store, Rishut Yachid, to Paltia, which is the big city square, and you walk through this sort of sidewalk area, which is not Rishut Yachid, it's open, but it's not Rishut Rabim because people don't walk there. It's basically a place where, where storekeepers would put some of their wares out. So you're Chayav, because you went from Rishut Yachid to Rishut Rabim. Panazai Poter. But as I says, you're patur. So let's see why. Bishnah Benazai, Kasav Mahalach Kol Medami. Benazai has an interesting approach. He says, when you walk, every step is like a, uh, is like you've come to rest. And if that's the case, then you went from Rishut Yachid to the Stav, which is patur, and from the Stav to the Paltia, which is again patur. El Rabbanan, Nehinam, Kasav Mahalach Lav Kol Medami. But why do the Rabbanan say you're chayav? After all, even though they may say that walking is not like coming to rest, where do we have a remodel of going from Rishut Yachid to Rishut Rabbim through a Makom tour that you're Chayav? Here's the model. If you carry something in Rishut Rabbim, as long as you're walking, you're Patur. You're only Chayav when you put it down. As we saw before, you could walk 10 miles and not be Chayav until you actually come to a rest. Same thing here. You walk through a place that you'd be patur, but then you continued on. The question is, the two aren't comparable. Because after all, if you would stop, you're chayev. You just didn't stop. But everywhere you're going is a makom chayev. Here, if you put it down in the middle area on the sidewalk, you're not chayev. Here's a better model. If you pick something up and you carry it exactly for a moat. If you would stop at any point in your arba moat, you'd be patur. But when you go the full four moat, you're chayav. So the same thing here, which means that here you've gone from a makom chayuv to a makom chayuv, through a makom patur. Had you stopped in the middle, you'd be patur. But again, it's not the same. Just because of where you pick the item up, it happens to be that these Dalaramot are subjectively, for this case, a Makom Ptur is not the same. The sidewalk is a Makom Ptur for everybody, objectively. So that's not a good model either. If you carry from a private area to the public area and you go through sort of the sides of Rashut Rabim, again, it'd be kind of like a sidewalk. Again, if you put it down in the middle and these Tzidei Rashut Rabim, you'd be patur, because that's not a public area. So the same thing in our case. So Matkir our Papa, our Papa says it's not exactly true. Because the Rabbanan hold that Sidei Rishut Rabim indeed are not like Rishut Rabim, there's some sort of a Makom Tur. But he holds that they're considered Rishut Rabim. We don't have a model anymore. When does Rebbe Leezer say that Sidei Rishut Rabim are really public? Because they're contiguous with the public area, and people address them from the public area. That's if there are no pillars. Chifufi are like little pillars they would set up 
to put up their store, uh, the, 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 the stand outside the store. Even Rabbi agrees that if there aren't uh, pillars outside, if there are pillars outside, it's not Rishut Rabbim, and therefore you have a model. Hilkach la damya, and therefore the Gemara concludes that is the model that we're going to work with. Okay, now back to our original Brayta, Rabbi Yochanan makes a comment about it. Moda Benazah b'zorek. Benazah agrees that if you throw something from the store out to the public, and it goes through the stav, you chayav. From Yachi, we have a right that says the same thing. Because there you don't have Mahalech Ka'omed Dami. Good. Whether you go in or out. Whether you throw it through. Or whether you hand it over, meaning you're in Rishut Yachid. You hand it to somebody in Rishut Rabim and your hands are going through the staff, you're Chayab. But as it disagrees about when you physically walk it out, because of Mahalach Kalmadami, but if you hand it out or throw it through, he agrees your Chayav, thus supporting Rabbi Yochanan's contention that Benazay agrees that Zoraik, you'd be Chayav in that case. He certainly does not seem to accept the principle of Klutak Mishuncha, but does apply the principle of Mahalech Ka'omed Dami. Okay, we'll stop here and pick it up with a very famous series of Brightot for the Tosefta that really are going to carry us through to the entire end of this Sugiyah. But in the meantime, we wish everybody a wonderful day.